Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Startup the Science. We have another great episode for you today with another amazing startup. But before I get to that, I just wanted to let you know that the Enum team has successfully completed their first ever AdmaCamp program. And if this is your first time tuning in and you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me explain. AdmaCamp is our advanced materials online bootcamp, and we've been sort of talking about it incrementally in the past episodes. And basically what happened was that we invited 13 startups to take part in our program, and they took part in pitch trainings, workshops, mentoring sessions. And at the end, they finished off with a big fat demo day and we live streamed it for all to see. If you missed it, it's still on YouTube. So if you want to catch it and see their pitches and see who won, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I also can't because I'm actually recording this the day before the demo day. So I actually have no idea what happens on the demo day. Hopefully it it went okay. But uh, I'm going to leave the link to the YouTube video in the description so that you can watch it anytime you want and check out the startups as well. They're all amazing, amazing, amazing. And hopefully we will get a few on this podcast in the near future. With that being said, we have this really awesome startup on the episode today and we were thrilled to get them on the podcast because they are a very cool startup, but also because they're based in Berlin And I'm not sure how this happened, but our paths have just never crossed. And so this is the first time we've actually been able to interact with them and talk with them and sort of discuss their technology. And this was very exciting for us. So the name of the startup is Carbon Mobile. And we had a chance to speak with Firas Khalifa. He's the CEO and co-founder of Carbon Mobile and What they've done is that they've created the world's first mobile phone that's made of carbon fiber. With that being said, here's Antonia and Firas talking about Carbon Mobile. I hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Startup the Science. It's very nice to have you with us here today. And it's particularly exciting for us because uh, we finally have another Berlin startup. We don't have as many Berlin startups as you'd expect, considering that we're based in Berlin. Uh, So it's nice, nice to have you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me. I'm uh, really glad to be in the show. I know about uh, INAM for quite some time. Yeah, we've been we've been around the block for quite some time. Sure. <laughs> it, it's also nice to have you. Another reason is because we're just like you are. We're also focused on advanced materials, and so it's exciting for us to see materials like yours being used in electronics. So let's give our listeners an idea of what we're talking about here. What is Carbon Mobile? Well, first, my name is Firas. I'm the CEO of Carbon Mobile. Carbon Mobile is a company that started four years ago, uh, mainly about the adoption of like um, sustainable high-tech materials like composite carbon fiber in personal electronics. Uh, the, the, the main objective when we started was about making products thinner, lighter, stronger. It's about miniaturization and uh, is the things that we see in 
TV shows like uh, Westworld or some uh, like sci-fi movies. We, we think we really believe that this is great inspiration and it's inevitable to happen. Also, we addressed uh, a big sustainability issue with that because we realized that once we started from the tech R&D part uh, and we were studying the industry, we realized that um, there's a huge amount of plastic and aluminum being used and that caused a lot of e-waste issues. So we decided that every material we want to choose, we want to look at the aspect of sustainability on it. But we are a tech R&D focused company first, based in Berlin. Yeah. So I'm curious to know how it all started, right? Because there are a lot of different elements to your business. On the one hand, there's the final product, the very beautiful mobile phones we see on your website. Then there's the R&D part and the sustainability angle. So what came first? (laughs) Was it the chicken and egg situation? But were you first thinking, we have these really exciting materials, what could we make out of them? Or was it, how do we create this uh, very thin, very light mobile phone or other products? And then you you went and figured out what type of materials and technology you could use to make that happen. Okay, uh, it's a good question. We didn't start from sustainability. I wouldn't I wouldn't lie about that definitely. But we realized that there's big opportunity to fix problems. Our company is about opportunity. When we started the company. We simply, I'm coming from computer engineering background, uh, working between software, hardware, prototyping, working with artists and designers, and also branding companies. It got me an idea about what this product looks like. And it was a point when we decided that we want to build a product. And what is the very product that goes in every people's hand? It was like, okay, it's a smartphone. What's the reason to make another smartphone company or a new smartphone? Why, why does that, why the world needs that? And then um, there was an inspiration about uh, like the space industry and uh, every like crazy industry that uses advanced materials like carbon fiber. And we were like, wait a minute, all these cool materials that makes all the cool industries look amazing and make it happen. Why we don't see that on the very thing that we use every day, uh, personal electronic? And why don't we see that? Why don't large companies do that already? Uh, well, that was the, the first thing where we decided it was... Uh, we, we thought that, okay, everyone thought about it. There's no way, like, this is a very unique idea. So definitely we realized that in 2011 and 12, uh, Motorola and Samsung, they tried to do something back then. And then we decided to tap into it out of curiosity. We spent some money, and then we realized that there is really problems, technical problems and mass production problems. And um, I'll just address uh, both and. First of all, why this is interesting, because it's all about like composite materials in general has a great potential compared to plastic or aluminum. Because with composite, you can have multiple composites together. You can twist them, you can fuse them, you can do a lot of things. You can imagine all type of things that become super thin, light, strong, foldable, rollable, all these type of stuff that we really need. Like nowadays you see a foldable device, but still use the same materials, double the thickness, double the weight. You almost have half a kilo on your ears. <laughs> you don't want that. So you really need to solve big problems. And when we looked at these materials, we realized, okay, this can be really a, a great solution for uh, like the, the future of the whole industry. What, whatever this personal electronics industry is moving, pushing these materials is really good. The problems that we faced was uh, from a technical perspective, there was a huge antenna radiation issues. Uh, carbon fiber works like a Faraday cage. So it definitely is the worst thing you can use on a smartphone. 
And they were like, okay, this is, yeah, this is a uh, killer for the idea. That's, that's it. We're done. But then we thought, okay, wait a minute. There's maybe something else we can do. You can take the advantage of carbon fiber being a composite materials and fuse it with another uh, composite materials to take the advantage of all composites together and try to solve a problem. And that's what we call in our company, the Hurricane technology, which is, uh, stands for like hybrid radio enabled uh, composite materials technology. That's what we worked on for the last uh, four years. We managed to build the first prototype uh, in the first three years of the company. It was only uh, uh, like a concept car, right? It was the concept thing that we showed to that operators, Dodge Telecom, and in- investors, all the people that say, okay, this looks like cool thing. This is, has a big potential. So we start to have on board very interesting people and very interesting companies to partner with us. And then we like got proper venture funding to go into the Carbon One Mark II, which is the commercial version that we are planning to ship very soon. Not only that, but you also have other technical problems like thermal problems, and you have mechanical details that you need to have very, very high precise stuff. And on the composite industry, carbon fiber engineering was used on other industries, like a big part, but not as small as what we do. So we needed to work with, uh, and, and definitely this industry was not established. So we needed to work with suppliers who has zero experience with smartphones or electronics. And I told them, yeah, that's exactly why I'm working with you, because we're creating a new potential for this industry. So working with a watch manufacturer, for example, to get a very high precision parts and stuff like that. But on the other side, beside of the technical, there was one big problem that stopped, I think, everyone all the big players from really pushing to solve these problems, the technical issues, was the mass production. So carbon fiber now is, um, it's still wrapping up, but it's its still very slow compared to injection um, molding, like plastic that you do with like boom, 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 10 seconds, you have a, you have a unit. And uh, in carbon fiber, you cannot do that. But it's inevitable that you're going in that direction. But it really depends on the demand and depends on the applications, because if you build car parts, it requires to take more time. If you build a spaceship, it requires to take more time. But if you build for a smartphone or personal electronics, it has to be very short. It, it, it goes to the demand that goes to the supply that tells it, okay, make changes. The big players, they don't have time to do that. And a great example for this is uh, Tesla. 15 years ago, Tesla decided to build a, a car out of uh, electric vehicles that made with batteries. Those batteries were not established for a big consumer, like the, the consumer of uh, the consumption of the whole car industry. Nobody wanted to tap into this. Big companies like BMW, Audi, all these companies, they invest a huge amount of money, but only where they can make more money. <laughs> and that was the Tesla bet. They decided, okay, this technology can be the thing. Maybe not, we are betting. But also it takes a small player to adopt it, to show it to the market, to show to the consumer, make a, uh, like a, make everyone really excited about it and show the potential of sustainability as well on that and then uh, drive everyone. And what happened 15 years later, uh, Tesla is still leading the industry. They're a small market. They have a small market share on the electric vehicle industry, sure, but still they are the leaders. And um, on their way, they established the battery manufacturing, gigafactory, all these things. It, was, it became established batteries back then were produced for laptops, smartphones, but not for cars size, let's say. They managed to pull this out and they managed to prepare the whole industry that now everyone is ready, already working on that. And that's what we believe with composites. We believe that we're leading the adoption of those composite materials and advanced high-tech materials to the whole industry. It requires a small player to adopt it, show the hope 
and show that this is, can be done, make the consumer excited, and then push the whole industry towards that. And on the way, try to solve also sustainability issues um, that we're trying to address. So if, if I understand this right, so you took a, a material, a carbon fiber, that was used quite, quite widely, but in a completely different industries. And you decided, well, this could have interesting applications when it comes to mobile phones. But then you realized the properties of this material were not exactly the best fit for a mobile phone. And this is how the idea of composite materials came about. Is that part of the story? Am I getting it right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because we also use glass fiber, for example, and other composites to solve really critical problems on how to solve the antenna radiation issues. We have a very unique way on how to mix these composites because mixing the composites, it's possible, but on an extremely thin uh, frame, it's very, very difficult. And that took us like really one single side of the product. It took more than six months trying to solve a very tiny millimetric problem. Uh, it was really difficult to do that. And we're so happy that we managed to find solutions for those. Yeah. So carbon fiber on its own was not enough. We needed to tackle other com other materials. And I think that was the opening of an idea that we, we felt that from what we've seen from other who tried to do something before, they only focus on carbon fiber. But we were like, no, composite in general has a great advantage. Let's try to do something around that. So that started uh, and got you where you are now, where you're developing um very cool looking phones that also have a sustainability angle to them. So in a way, do you want to become the, the Tesla of mobile phones or is your is your goal, if you want to share that with us, to eventually become or maybe have an exit with uh, a big manufacturer of mobile phones that would think this is a great idea, we can incorporate this technology into our products? Or do you plan to be like the disruptors and change the, the mobile phone industry altogether? Uh, we want to be the disruptor not only on mobile phone, but also in personal electronics. So I think we can call ourselves um, like the Tesla of personal electronics, but wannabe, let's say, right? We, we really want to be in that position. And we feel that we have that same bet because they bet hard on something that was maybe not going to work at all. And we really don't know if it's going to work at all. Um, when we started at the very beginning, it, it was really impossible to do it. Impossible to build a brand out of smart as a smartphone. It was impossible to innovate. Well, the, all the big companies they put hundreds of millions on each product, not only R and D in general. And so the potential for us was almost zero. The odds was really zero. But we managed to go through almost now eighty percent of the bet. And it's only now down to the consumer, which we already have a big fan base. We call them the carbonizers. I saw that on your website. So <laughs> I saw that I can become, so anyone can become a carbonizer, right? If yeah. they, how does it work? Do I have to register to then pre-order the phone that is coming this summer? And then I'm a carbonizer? Is that how it works? Yeah, so we have two types of uh, carbonizers. We have the founder edition carbonizer and we have the decarbonizer. So anyone who uh, buy the product is a carbonizer. And uh, with that, we're trying to create a community out of like because it's a niche product so we're trying to create a community with a forum and uh, people engaging together doing some activities together we have a like a, a private forum for them now where they can interact it's not public but uh, we give them a lot of insights they give us opinions they share their information and uh, they tell us what they like about the product what they don't like and they will be the they will have the first release as a founder edition so they will be like on the product a founder edition as well on that so yeah these are the founders some people have been there for like two years now waiting for the phone we really can't wait to ship it and we we ship we launched our product in the 26th of february we got the coronavirus didn't help us really because it started in china first thing we got a hit over there 
And the second wave for us started in Europe. So we, we have a team in China and in Europe. And like it's a, we went on a roller coaster a little bit, but now we're stabilizing again. We're planning to ship in uh, uh, in July, August timeframe. The official mass production will take place. Yeah. So before that, we can go to your website and pre-order one, and then we can officially become carbonizers. So you mentioned it, it's a niche product, right? So your competitors, even though, of course, you make mobile phones, so technically anyone making mobile phones could be your competitor. But really, I would imagine your competitors are more uh, companies like Fairphone, if if I'm thinking about it right, so other niche producers as well, would that be would that be fair to say, or do you see yourself competing with everyone out there? I mean, we are similar maybe to Fairphone or some other brands like that in terms of being niche. But we're definitely not competing with Fairphone because we are not a sustainability USB brand. Let's say we have US, we have great things doing on on sustainability, but our hero USBs are about bringing advanced materials and bring like a super light device that you never imagined this is even possible and very thin very unique design very special design and um, that's what the, the target like we, we're starting with so uh, we know our customers we know there are the people who somehow relate to the materials from uh, different industries coming from sporting goods formula one cars space related stuff science related stuff so even we have somebody from uh, SpaceX, who worked on the Dragon capsule, uh, he's one of the carbonizers as well. And somebody from MIT, somebody from Volkswagen factory, and Tesla as well. So we, we got really interesting people, people who really know the value of these things. And we, we want to keep it this way, at least for the initial device, let's say, first year or more. We want to stay niche because that's how we get successful. Otherwise, we will be lost very quickly. We're not competing with the big brands, as you said. Uh, it's not an Apple competitor or something. However, I think we are... We are set to be on the Olympics. That's how we see it. <laughs> In a way that it's a flagship product with a good branding around it, with a good, great story around it. It's very blessing what happened after the launch because I'm not sure if you like if you Google Carbon Mobile, you find a lot of articles uh, written in Europe, especially in Germany. Everyone is happy that this is, can be a thing that can compete in the future. Uh, it's a big bet, and I don't know when we can go with that. Uh, on top of that, by the way, we're planning to have a made in Germany product as well. That was a very difficult bit, but uh, this is uh, this will be still this year. We will do, we will do that. It will be in Flensburg as well. That's great, and I was actually asked. I mean. Ask on purpose if you're competing with Fairphone so that you tell us that you're not and the ways in which you're different. I have nothing against Fairphone. And of course, they're they're also a very cool company. But I think it's it's very important that you try to push um, you know, good technology and good materials with a sustainability focus. Because when you're trying to create electronics that are sustainable first, I think one of the risks is that there might not be they might not be as good and they might not work as well and they might not look as pretty as consumers want them to look. And so what you're going to do is you're just always going to cater to a niche that cares about sustainability above all else, which is always going to be a very small niche um, because that's just the world we live in. So it's better if we make high quality and beautiful products that also on the side are sustainable. That's just my personal opinion. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, debate around the topic. I think this is changing quickly because, yes, uh, in the last, I think, decade or less, uh, sustainability activists, they didn't care about anything, about the look or whatever. They just want a device that even if it barely can work, doesn't matter. But that thing is changing quickly. And I think you need to address much more people. And I think 
the way you sell sustainable product is not because you're targeting a very niche group that are the one who protesting in the street and they do uh, Climate Friday or something. No, you want to sell it to everybody. So why not do, do it the other way around? You sell a product that looks appealing and sexy for them and they like every features around it. At the same time, by default, it's sustainable product. And that's how we see it. So what we do on sustainability in our company is mainly, we call it the three R's. Uh, it's about reduce and resource and repair. And the, the, the most important aspect that that makes maybe our company different is that we're trying to reduce the amount of plastic that exists on our products and um, try to go down below 5%. Replacing those materials, you need to replace them with something else with composites, right? That's what we use, carbon fiber and other materials. While doing so, we look for recycled carbon fiber parts, leftover carbon fiber and composites. And right now we're working on partnerships for... That's the most exciting part is that partnerships for a green bio-based carbon fiber and uh, coming. There's two main sources that we're working on. One coming from this uh, from CO2 collection and storage of CO2 through photosynthesis process. We convert it into carbon fiber, black oil that converts that then you can use it on smartphone. So CO2 into smartphone. And the other one is from wood-based, so wood-based linen conversion into carbon fiber as well and that will be a bio-based complete bio-based so i like of course carbon negative is the most important one that we want to try to do it uh, this year these things are still in the lab once we're able to pull them out uh, we will our objective is to build one single unit this year uh, this will cost a lot of money but we want to show the hub of building this to the world that look it's possible to build products out of co2 and you can carry it in your hand so instead of pulling co2 in the air you will be doing carb uh, co2 negative or wood-based materials as well as carbon fiber you will not notice this wood of course so uh, these are the two things and of course also on, on plastic is the same thing co2 to plastic conversion is very exciting topic. Then on the other bits around the resourcing, trying to get fair trade materials, sourcing uh, for all the different components, whether it's copper, gold, uh, whenever you have, there's conflict, in, especially in Africa. Uh, made in Germany is about fair labor conditions, which you, it's hard to get in China, for example. So that's also uh, another sustainability aspect. Yeah, so that's the last bit. It's about repairability. We try to make the product a uh, lifetime longer and up to three years, and you'll be able to have replacement part, be able to fix it yourself. It was built with a monocoque design. Monocoque means that the chassis and the body are one unique thing, so everything is on one side, and you just need to pull out the screen and you have access to the device. We will also giving uh, replacement parts uh, for the our uh, customers, so you can replace the screen yourself or the battery yourself in the future. So these are the sustainability aspects that we're working on. So you'd have a very cool device that you can keep for longer that is sustainable, and then you can also repair it so that you can have it for, for much longer. That sounds very cool. So we can pre-order this. I'm just curious. Maybe I should just check your website if I'm so curious. But how much does it cost if we want to pre-order? Well, it, it costs $7.99 right now because we are still having more time to ship to the market. We're asking for 25%, I think, uh, down payment. Just like to book it yourself. And the moment we are ready to ship, 15 days earlier, we ask you to do the full payment and we ship it to you. I mean, it's it's not a cheap smartphone, but it's cheaper than an iPhone, for example, right? So yeah. it's um, still affordable, right? Yeah, it is. Yes, yes. And like we, we're aiming at, uh, like, we're not planning to sell millions as well. We're, it's, a, it's a starting point. 
So you mentioned earlier um, that part of your team is in China, and I'm curious to know a little bit more about your team because I think the the last time we talked, you told me a little bit about how it's sort of spread out across different locations, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting. So part of your your team is in China and part in Europe, right? But not everyone is based here in Berlin. Uh, no, we we have a very diverse team between China and Europe. What was so challenging about this project is that we really needed people like type A people who've been there, done that on the smartphone industry and uh, on the flagship, right? So since we decided that we want to manufacture this after the prototype, we were like, if you're paying 800 euros for a device, it better to function so well, otherwise we'll be in trouble. So, and I really have a really good standard of where we want to be. And I realized there is no way to do it as only from uh, our experience, we need people who've been on the production lines, on people on sales, people on the product development, who really built great stuff before. And um, so we got people from X, Nokia, BlackBerry, Motorola, Sharp, uh, Fairphone as well. So we really get a very, very good team. And I'm really so proud of that. Over the last one year and a half, we managed to have this amazing team with us. And how many people do you have now? Uh, we're below 20 total. So it's a very small team for making a smartphone, but it's uh, we make we work with what we have and we make it try to make it possible. And you've already also convinced some investors that this technology has potential, right? You want to tell us a little bit about who trusts your your company with money as well, not just <laughs> with good reviews. Our biggest investor is called Fast Forward VC from Paris, but it's definitely not easy to get investment for such product because everyone think of a big competition, everything like hardware is hard, and even smartphone is like crazy. So, But we, we got very good investors with us, backing us and helping us to get uh, to reach where we are. And um, also we work with the government side in Berlin and Brandenburg to get uh, the right support here, um, being very helpful. And uh, we're very happy with that because especially on hardware and materials from the government side they see you as a company who are here to stay a structured company can get an investment from the us and next day everyone is out and um, on a hardware company you like you have materials you have warehouse or you, whatever you have you have you cannot just uh, put yourself in plane and go and so i think that was very interesting point of view from the government side where they said okay this can be a thing it's funny because after tesla came here in berlin we start to see them getting more excited about us like trying to build something and they ask us about the factory where do you want to build it what's your plan it seems that they see the potential of like having something new. I don't know what's their agenda, but I can see that they're really up for something and that helps us a lot. And maybe there's more trust that companies like yours can develop in Berlin, which is, you know, it's a city known for startups, but maybe not necessarily for hardware startups and not necessarily for, yeah, for building stuff as much as a software companies. Exactly. So that's a promising sign. It is, yeah. it is. Yeah. And during Corona time, it was very difficult. And uh, we really managed to pull things out, even from the government side. They, um, we were surprised where we reached right now. It was a lot of work. It was like a few things that we were working on since last year. It was not like a surprise thing or like a corona loan or something, but a lot of things we were working on to help us with the production. It was still going on and we managed successfully to uh, pull it out. That's good. Yeah. So we're not really doing what a lot of other podcasts are doing now and focusing completely on corona, but since we are interviewing you in corona times, um, I'm curious to know how you how you managed through this time, especially since part of your team is in China and then as you said, the virus 
then hit Europe after that. How did you, uh, yeah, how did you do things? How did you adapt to this ever-changing situation? I, uh, it was really difficult. It's, uh, it's a moment where you see, because especially for us, we planned everything to launch at MWC, which was end of February. And the first thing got canceled, China stopped completely, and then it came here. We launched a product, we were planning to raise an investment round. It's just like every hit coming one after the other. Uh, it's, it's not fun at all, especially if that you plan exactly to come at the, everything to come at the same time from March onward that things will pick up and then things start to change because of Corona. So it's not fun. And you invested all your money for that uh, for that moment. But the, the good thing is that we decided that we want to keep the team. We want to stick to who we have. That was an important decision. Without these people, there is no company on different aspects. And the other bit was um, during Corona time, yes, we have to stop everything. But the most important thing that happened was... Uh, we took the opportunity to do some stuff that otherwise you will not be able to do because you will have the pressure from suppliers, distributors, everybody. Hey, you need to ship. Hey, you need to produce. You need to go on the next step and you need to do pre-orders. And because the whole world was paralyzed completely, we had a very good time to fix very important stuff, stuff that's related to mass production at high scale. As an example, we were using one process on the carbon fiber that takes four hours per unit. And we managed to switch to something that takes uh, roughly two, two to three minutes per unit. Wow, that's very impressive. I thought you would say yeah, two to three I, hours, but that's way better. <laughs> it was a complete change. And, and we were not daring to do this change now. And we were thinking, okay, let's do it in the future. But the main reason we wanted to do it now was two reasons. First of all, uh, we got a very good demand distributors and uh, retailers operators want to sign with us in Europe. And uh, we were like, okay, this is way more than we what we can supply. And we thought, okay, that's it. We're not going to ship a lot. But then when Corona happened, we decided, okay, let's look how we can fix it quickly. And we really have a timeline that by end of March, we want to have this completely done, uh, this, this switch. So, uh, and we, we managed to have it by beginning of April to, to switch to the new uh, process that's helped us to do that. So I think we took an opportunity on that. There was some few areas where you really can have time to focus on this and focus on the culture of the company and stuff like that. Uh, it's a good time to reflect on other things. Besides that, I wouldn't say that it was good. It was definitely hard and bad. And uh, we wish that we believe that the market will go back. Uh, at least China's side is already back 100% now, 120% even in China. And uh, we believe that Europe, uh, yeah, in May timeframe, things will be okay here. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely a good time to, to think, okay, what aspects of your business can you focus on during this time? If production is not one of those things, what can you do instead? And it's, it's good, I guess, generally for all of us, even those of us that don't run a company to think, what else could we be doing with this time that is still positive and productive? Um, great. Thank you so much for answering so many of our uh, curious questions today. Um, and finally, to wrap it up, we tend to ask most of our startup guests at the end of the episode if they have one wish for their company, one thing that they would like to ask of the world and maybe someone listening can make that wish happen? Well, I think we wish for ourselves and our company uh, working for years nonstop now. And uh, it's a big belief. It's like, you know, it's like delayed gratification that you think this will be big. 
and uh, you compromise a lot of things. I mean, um, I'm, I really stand by all the entrepreneurs who build companies and they wait for years to think things happen. It's definitely the, one of the hardest things to start a company. I don't recommend it for anybody. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really hard. You would have to do a lot of compromises. And I wish that this year uh, like, can have some transformation, good transformation for us. We are still on the positive side, I would say, in terms of balance. And uh, I hope this can happen. And I wish that uh, also like uh, people who have ideas, uh, just go out and do them. But you need to be careful that, yeah, making being entrepreneur is really difficult. It's not only about the idea. It's also about like the, sh- the first gear is about being passionate and excited. The second gear is about like being resilient and just wait, <laughs> being patient. Yeah. Years three and four are just about maintaining that even longer. Yes, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> from from that on, exactly. I'm very happy to be in the show. Thanks a lot. Yes, thank you. Is there a way for people to find you if they have questions or if anyone wants to, well, if they want to pre-order the phone, they should go to your website, carbonmobile.com, right? Yes, carbonmobile.com. And um, you can find us also on Facebook slash carbonmobile or Instagram slash carbonmobile. Uh, reach me out directly at firas at carbonmobile.com. Always happy to discuss with companies about any future potential material for personal electronics to make a disruption. We're always open for these ideas. Whether it's uh, individuals or companies, uh, we're always welcome to do that. That's great. So we hope uh, people reach out to you and become carbonizers. And we'll see you around at Berlin events once uh, the world goes back to normal. Yes, for sure. We should meet. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for today. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enam.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.